This is a Shakti Durga discourse from a wealth class that she ran online. It's about a letter she received from a man who gained all of his self-esteem through overachieving, something relevant for many people. Hopefully it shares some insights into possible unconscious patterns and what the spiritual opportunity might be in those circumstances. Hi everyone, it's Shakti Durga and welcome to this episode of the Soul Talk podcast. Each episode is going to feature some of the highlights from live trainings, retreats, online classes and presentations that I've done around the world. If you find value in it, please text the link to the podcast to a friend or share it with your networks. I look forward to connecting with you soon. Namaste. Today I found great inspiration in someone who sent me mail from a ways off and this person that sent me the mail had had a very, very successful career in a particular area where he was um, highly regarded and a very busy person in that field. And then a calamity struck and he had a personal, you know, disaster situation. They all seem to start with D, don't they? Like depression, um, diagnoses, divorces, deaths. So he had one of the D words and it was a big sort of mess in his life. And Then he kind of fell in a bit of a heap really and lost his direction in life and didn't know what to do or where to go and got into a relationship that was very complicated and then felt that this the relationship that he got into was with quite an evolved and spiritually aware person who basically challenged him around some habits and behaviours that he had denied within himself for a very long time, including in the many years of his very great success in his chosen career. Anyway, the long and the short of it is that this relationship has driven him to the brink of um, exasperation. Do I stay? Do I go? You know, all that stuff. But, but the love was there, but so were the challenges and, and his partner would never really allow him to indulge in his weaknesses and sort of urged him always to to improve. Anyway, um, it's been a very big deal for this person and today I received this amazing mail talking about how they'd never known, this person had never known that in all those years of huge success in his field that he was actually suffering from really low self-esteem and that the reason that he had such success in his field was through Uh, vast amounts of overachieving and sacrificing a lot for the success in the career and not leading a balanced life at all, but being completely identified just with his achievements. And um, I think there's a lot of people like that. I certainly relate to that was what I was like when I was practicing law. And, you know, it's very easy to excel in something and therefore feel good about yourself. But I think that when we're um, talking about how we can love ourselves, it's got to be an unconditional love or it's not really love at all. So the love when we're successful that we have for ourselves, the self-esteem, if it goes out the window when we have a challenge or when we're not successful, then it was really never self-esteem at all. All it was, was a sort of beneficial (laughs) experience of external praise, if you know what I mean. And it isn't really reflective of our own inner state at all. It's all about 
externalities. And one of the things that I think is true on any spiritual path is that we are challenged to go beyond externalities and to go into the deep truth of who we are and to find those kinds of um, supports and the sense of loving kindness inside. And then when we find it inside, it seems like the world suddenly becomes this friendly place where everybody wants to (laughs) give us all that praise and recognition And by then we don't even need it because we're so full on the inside of of calmness about the self and acceptance of the self that it, it doesn't really matter by then. So it's a really, I think, exquisite place in the transformation that we all go through on our way from being individuals trying to do our best here on earth to understanding that we're something more than that and that we have a unified field of consciousness with the whole of creation and that the whole of creation is embodied in us and we're, you know, we're part of something bigger than ourselves. And I just thought, wow, you know, how often have I seen people, and myself included, be devastated when other people can't see the brilliance, can't see the light, can't see why I'd be right about whatever the situation is (laughs) that I might be in at the moment and how upsetting it used to be for me if people told me I was wrong. I just used to get so perturbed by it because for me back then it was saying that I wasn't good enough. And that's the only way I got validation was from other people. I had no idea how to get my own internal validation. So if someone would criticise me, that would mean that there was something wrong with me and I would have to go into defensive strategies to try and um, duck and weave and back myself into corners of all kinds and come out fighting to protect the turf of the insecurity that was sitting there. All of that is so exhausting, really exhausting. And then sometime in the mid-90s when I had the fortune to meet the Tebos, my first spiritual teachers, one of the things they did was they gave us a psychological examination. And I hadn't really done a lot of those things, you know, being a self-employed lawyer, it wasn't like in a corporation where you're getting psychometric testing every second minute. So I'd really only ever done something like that once in my past, long, long time ago. Anyway, this particular test was to ascertain your level of self-love and self-regard and they looked at your conscious level but they also looked at your subconscious level and say it was a score out of 20. I can't remember what the score was out of but say it was out of 20. They said in their results that it was really rare for anyone to get higher than about 10 in this test of your self-esteem and self-love and self-acceptance when they paired back what your conscious mind was telling you and got into the nitty-gritty of what's driving you from the unconscious habits that are, that are going on in the inside. Anyway, because I was an overachiever and, you know, perfectionist, it was an awful shock to the system that I didn't get. I thought I was going to get 20 out of 20 because they didn't tell us about the marking system and I didn't know that there was a lesser mark would be possible (laughs) because I felt so confident as a person and I thought, you know, I've done really well and I've 
done this and I've done that and I've got, you know, got this happening and got that happening. God, I'm a good person. And then, (laughs) and I was a good person, but on the inside, a lot of that was driven by the covering up of of the of the basic internal inferiority complex that I think is a very common thing. So I was just flabbergasted when you know this mark came back, and it was like you know, and and I did actually manage to get over the ten mark, and the Tiba, and I was so ter- I was mortified that the mark was so low, and they were going, no, 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 most people get much less, you know, it's much less than that, still having to pander to my ego at that stage and tell me that, no, that was better than most people. I had to hear that because otherwise I don't think I could have done the program. But then um, that's what led to opening the door to looking at the fact that our inner child is real, alive and kicking and driving us in all these ways that are not conscious. And, you know, Bruce Lipton and other scientific types at the moment are all talking about how we're driven 95% of the time by unconscious programs that we don't know what's in there because if we did, it would be conscious. But where we have odd anomalies happening in the world around us and odd behaviour from people around us, then we may be able to tie it back to the kind of thing that I was going through at the time and which circles around for me every now and again. You know, every now and again, there's another blob. It's like a blob of Milo that doesn't dissolve, you know, (laughs) when you put the hot water in and stir with Milo. I learnt this from Jagatumbe, that sometimes you get the undissolved blobs and it'll just come up and go all over the top of your nicely dissolved cup of Milo. And it's like just this bit of stuff that comes up and shocks you. And I think that we can all have those blobs of Milo. Also, the other thing I've noticed is that even when we do this work, And for years and years and years, we do this work. When we have big spiritual breakthroughs and our vibration becomes more refined and our consciousness is able to expand beyond where it's ever been before, this means we will have awareness of things we were never able to be aware of before. And sometimes we can become aware of growing edges that we have as human beings that we thought we dealt with. And then it's very painful and one can feel very negative about oneself to see the same pattern again years after you thought you'd dealt with it. Does anyone relate? So the main message I think in all of this is, you know, rule number one in spiritual training is don't panic. And I think that's the message here too, is just don't panic. It's just natural that as we become more light-filled, the slightest little bit of darkness, instead of being sort of basically invisible in the general fog of our unconsciousness, is suddenly there in your face and can't be ignored. And then that's a turning point. We either embrace the need to go deeper and to refine ourselves further, or we turn back and we just say, oh, this doesn't work, I'm not going to bother. And that's what a lot of people do, of course. So there's that saying, many are called but few are chosen, and the choosing is by our own internal essence that we wish to uh, optimise the conditions in our life. And if it isn't enough to be able to kind of refine ourselves because we can see that it would be a good thing to do and it would definitely help us in our relationships, you know, that's one thing and one level of motivation to want to keep going. Another level of motivation, like for me, I know that self-realization leaves no stone unturned and if your goal in life is self-realization, then you can't leave these bits lying around. You've got to clean them up when you find them. 
But for others, a motivation might be that we want more abundance in our life. We want to be wealthier. We want to have more flow and be in the um, slipstream of ease and grace when it comes to the good things in life finding us. And again, that happens more when all the things that get in the way are released. And so when we're out of balance, when we're out of step, then we find that we're not so much in the flow as we used to be. Does anyone relate to that? And then sometimes when you have an acceleration spiritually, all these things that you've been wanting to achieve, wanting to work on, connections you've wanted to make, you know, opportunities that you've been longing for, suddenly they all kind of appear and it seems like magic. One minute they're not there, then they are there. And I'm sure most people on the spiritual path have had some example or many examples of that by now. But again, there's always room for um, more there too. And one of the tricks on that particular part of the of the thing is that as we grow spiritually, the universe actually expects more of us than it did before. And to me, I think of it a bit like parenting. Many of you are parents in the room. But, you know, when you have your first child, and any child, but your first one particularly, you're just so elated by any little thing they do. Oh, my God, he turned over. You know, all by himself, he turned over. Or, um, wow, he, he went on the potty today. He was able to use the potty. It, it's just so exciting at the time as a parent. And you give all that positive feedback to your kid because they've just done some miraculous thing like have a pee in a potty. But, you know, if you're still congratulating your kid for having a pee in the potty five years later or 10 years later, you've got a problem and so is your kid. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of like as we grow, that which was regarded as exceptional or fabulous and giving us a zing won't be the same as your vibrational change occurs. And so when we want to fall back into patterns that we know worked for us before, where we know we made money before, when we know that um, everything was flowing before, we want to go back to that place because we're not in it now. But that's actually against the flow of nature. And it's very unusual for anyone to be able to make a go of going backwards because what you used to have, you've been kind of processed through that to a higher place and now the universe is saying, reach for the next bit, reach for the next bit, reach for the next bit. And of course, it always takes courage to do that. And it also takes a lot of belief in ourselves. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Soul Talk. I hope the podcast has served you in creating a happier and more abundant life. If you've enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to connect with me, head over to shaktidurga.com. Ali.